If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to go to Psalm 142. Psalm 142, and the title of my message here is The Wilderness. If you remember this, uh, I don't know, three weeks ago, maybe a month, I preached a message on the wilderness. Well, this, this is another message with that. Uh, this is the wilderness, a place of prayer. The wilderness, a place of prayer. And I'm going to be reading here in just a moment in Psalm 142. We're going to read the entire chapter. But the wilderness is a place of prayer. And I found some passages of Scripture. You don't have to turn there, but I just want to share these with you. Um, This is talking about Jesus himself. This is in Luke 5.16. And it says, And he, which is Jesus, withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. So we see this passage of Scripture where Jesus withdrew himself and he goes into the wilderness to pray. Uh, One of the things that we see in God's Word uh, that the, the disciples, they came to Jesus and they said, teach us how to pray. Now, prayer is very vital. It's very important in our lives. And we're going to look, what we're going to be looking at in this wilderness, a place of prayer, David And I gave you in 1 Samuel 23 when I first showed you where God began to show me the word wilderness. And he was in the wilderness there, but I began to find out he was in a cave when he was in that wilderness. And then as I continued to study a little bit in here in Psalm 142, and in in my Bible it says a prayer when he was in the cave. This is David. Uh, David when he was in that cave. And so I'm going to read these verses And then we'll have a word of prayer and we'll see what God has to give us out of these verses this morning. The Bible says in verse number one, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, and there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, but thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we have read your word, and as we begin to dig in and see what you have for us, Holy Spirit of God, I just invite you. We know that where two or three are gathered together, you're in the midst. Thank you for being here. Now, Holy Spirit of God, I ask, would you speak to hearts? Would you do what Steve can't do? I can present the word, but I can't make anybody come to Christ. I can't save anybody, but the Holy Spirit of God that's in this place can. And maybe there's Christians here today as well. Maybe they're going through uh, the wilderness, but God, you as you're taking them through this wilderness, but God, you want them to learn it's a place of prayer. It's a place that you want to get to know them better. It's a place that they can see you and see your hand and see your love. 
Father, we just ask that you would bless. Pray that you would be with Brother Chris. Pray that you continue to bring healing to his body. Pray that you would bring him back to us quickly. Pray that you would be with our pastor and Miss Kathy. Give them safety. Uh, give them health as they're away. Strengthen them. And uh, Lord, all those who are sick and that have the COVID, and those, Lord, just touch their bodies, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we're looking at this, uh, the wilderness, a place of prayer. One of the things that I get the privilege, and as I go into the jail, and that I get to experience is that inmates will come to me on a consistent basis, and they will say to me, hey, chap, will you pray for me? And obviously, I do, and I am more than willing. But when I get the opportunity, and by the way, I'm going to say this, and uh, many people that come to me, they are, uh, there's many Hispanic Spanish people. And they ask me, and they say, will you pray for my family? Will you pray for my court date? And I do, but I take the time to tell them this. My prayers, God can hear, and God can answer. But why don't you pray for yourself? Why don't you pray for yourself? Why don't you talk to God? Why don't you... By the way, you know what they think? They think I have some special magic words. Seriously, they do. They think, oh man, you're, you're a man of God. Oh, you can get in His presence and you can get what we want. And, and by the way, I am to be a man of God. I am to get into His presence. I am to do those things. But I don't have any special words. I just have a special God. And it, they say to me, chap, then what do I say? And this is, I'm just putting this simple. What's in your heart? What's in your heart? Pray from your heart. See, we do this a lot. When we pray, we pray from our heads. But God wants us to pray from our hearts. There's a different prayer when you pray from your head and when you pray from your heart. When you're praying from your heart... And I'm just going to say, you don't really care who's around. You with me? I mean, you, you don't really care. Now, I'm not saying you're being disrespectful, but I'm saying you don't care. You know why? Because you're in the presence of God Almighty. And you have a burden. You have a need. You need to see God. And in this passage of Scripture that we have looked at and that we're going to look at here this morning, David has a need. You say, what is this need? Saul's chasing him and trying to kill him. That's a pretty big need, amen? That's a big need. Somebody after you try to kill you. And so what he's beginning to learn is God allows him to go into this wilderness. And where does God allow him to go? And this is my first thought with our message. Where does God allow him to go? He allows him to go to the cave. He allows him to go to the cave. And as I begin to think about the cave and begin to meditate about this... Misty and I and, and Branson, uh, we lived for many years in the Shenandoah Valley. The Shenandoah Valley is, is a beautiful place in Virginia, and there's a lot of caves there. You have Luray Caverns, Shenandoah Caverns, and I don't know, there's cavern after cavern there. And we visit a lot of them. And there, it is really neat to see all the different things and so forth. But let me tell you this, none of us wanted to stay in them. We always look for a hotel, not a cave. All right? Uh, you know why? And as I think about that, you say, why? A cave is a dark place. You think about it. It's a dark place. Not only is it a dark place, you ready? It is a solitary place. 
solitude. It's quiet. You know what? Sometimes God allows you into the place of the wilderness to develop this prayer life because He wants you to be quiet. He wants you to just get away from everything and get with Him. And as I was thinking about this and meditating and going through this, I wrote down solitary confinement. Because see, in the jails, when, when the inmates are uh, disruptive and do disciplinary things that are wrong, they put them in solitary confinement. You say, what is that? That is a place that they're locked down. They're in a room all by themselves, a 10 by 10 room. They're in there, and the only thing they can have, praise God, is a Bible. They can't take anything else but a Bible. And I can't tell you how many lives of men has been transformed because of their time in the cave or solitary confinement with God. Because why? Before, they were so busy doing their drugs. They were too busy smoking. They were too busy drinking. They were too busy going around. They were too busy without... But now they, they had to sit down. Now they had to stop. And now God can begin to speak. But I want to shift that just a little bit. God does the same thing for you and I. He does the same. No, He might not put us in solitary confinement. He might not put us in a cave. But you know what He does? He allows us to go to bed each night. Some people struggle with the nighttime. You know why they struggle? Well, there's one thing, it's loneliness, and that, that's understandable. But here's another thing, God likes to speak in the nighttime. Because you know why? You're getting quiet. You're settling down. And now His Spirit can begin to speak to your spirit. Let me tell you, David was in a place in his life He's in that cave. He's in that hole. He's in solitary confinement. But God takes us to these dark, dry places, you ready, to help us come to the end of ourselves. He takes us to these dark places to help us come to the end of ourselves saying, I can't do this. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I've tried. I've tried. I can't do it. And that's what God does. He wants us to come to the end of ourselves because until you come to the end of yourself, He can't come to you and help you. He wants to, but you got to come to the end of yourself and allow God to show Himself. God allows us in the dark, dry places, you ready, to learn to have complete trust in Him. Complete trust in Him. It goes on, and I want to give you this illustration, and I'm going to use uh, Brother... Jim, and I'm going to use another, uh, Brother Vito. You know, I seen Brother Jim Wednesday night and was talking to him, and of course he had COVID, and I guess, did you have COVID pneumonia? Okay. And so did Vito. Vito was in, I know you were in the hospital several days, and Vito was in there, I believe, five days. And uh, they both said the same thing to me, the same exact thing. They said, we did not know if we were going to make it. And they said this, it made us really stop and evaluate what's really important. What is really important. But more, not only than what's important, but they both said this, they realized they weren't in control. And they said, Lord, I remember Vito said to me, he said, Lord, 
If you want to take me, you're in control. You can do it. Here I am. I'm ready to go if that's what you want. See, God will take us to the cave. He'll take us to that solitary place. Why? To begin to teach us. He wants to teach us to pray. He wants us to teach us to depend upon Him. Let's look at the prayer. We've looked at the place. We're going to continue on. Let's look at the prayer. In uh, verse number 1, it says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And then it says again, it, it almost just says the exact same thing. With my voice unto the Lord that I make my supplication. He cried. And as he goes into this cave, he's going into this cave for a place to get away from King Saul. He's trying to save his own life. He was going to the cave for a place of refuge. And he goes into the cave and he cries. Now, I, listen to me. I don't know how you cry, and I don't need to know how you cry. But normally if I'm crying, I'm going, Lord, please help me. I know he's in a cave and he's trying to stay away from Saul. And I don't believe he was shouting, but I believe he was praying to God audibly. Because he cried unto the Lord, ready, with his voice. <laughs> it's hard to cry to the Lord with your voice and not lift it. You know what? There's just something about praying audibly. There's just something about it. It's praying because you know what? It takes some time and you've got to think about what, you're going to, what words you're going to articulate that you're going to speak to God, that you're going to give to Him. And God, He's coming to Jesus Christ and He's coming to God and He's crying. And it goes on to say, with my voice, He made supplication. Supplication. Supplication is a big word there, but it simply means an earnest petition. Or, hey, this is seriously important. Lord, my life's in the balance. Hey, I need some help. But you know what? I think back to my own life, and I think back to salvation. And I remember the day, and I shared, I was, had the privilege in RU to be able to share, but I, I shared how on November the 16th, 2003 is when I called and I cried unto the Lord. I cried unto the Lord. Lord, I can't save myself. I can't overcome my sin. I can't forgive my sin. I can't cleanse my sin. But you can. You know what? When you cry out, I remember that day I cried out to the Lord and I didn't really care who saw me or what they thought. You know why? Because now I didn't have to worry about hell anymore. Now I had a new destiny. Now I have a new home. Now I have a new master. Now I have a new life. Wow. Yeah, woohoo. That's praise the Lord. And the old timers say, if you can't get excited about that, your wood's wet. You've got to get your fire going. But I'm telling you, I remember crying unto the Lord. And that's what David's doing. He's crying. He's saying, this is seriously important. Let me give you some more scriptures just quickly here about this supplication, the cry. In Philippians 4, 6, it says this, Be careful for nothing but in everything, here it is, by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Let me tell you something. God is not Santa Claus. God's a God, when we come into His presence, we are to come boldly only because of His grace, but He wants us to come in giving Him praise, giving Him glory, but He wants us to talk to Him. 
And he wants us to cry out to him. He wants us to give it him everything. The Bible says this in Matthew 18:4, whosoever therefore shall be humble shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. James 4, 6 says this, For he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. Let me tell you something. When we cry out, it's a humble cry. It's not a I demand. It's saying, God, I need. I need you. you got to do this because if you don't do this, I'm falling on my face. I'm going to fail. I can't do it. And let me tell you something. That's a good place to be. That's a good place to be. We all run to something or someone, you ready? When we're in the caves of life. We all run to someone or something when we're in the caves of life. You say, what do you mean, Brother Steve? Here, here it is. A lot of people, you know what they do when they get in these problems? They don't, they don't cry out to the Lord. They run to alcohol. They, cry, they run out to drugs. They run out, wait a minute. They run out and gossip. They tell everybody their problems. They run out and display anger over the circumstances that they're going through. We all run to something, but God doesn't want us to run away from Him. He wants us to run to Him. Not only do we see the place, the cave, we see the prayer, the cry, but now we're going to continue on. I want you to see the poured out. The poured out. You say the poured out. What are you talking about? Verse number 2. Verse number 2 says, um, I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. See, what God wants us to do, and right here, as I think about this, first he wants us to come to him humbly, realizing we can't do it. Now, get this, because this is so important. Now God wants us to come to him sincerely, and he wants us to be real. Be real. You're saying, be real. What are you talking about? Pour out your complaint. Be honest with God. Prayer is this. Prayer is a release. Do you realize that? Prayer is a release. You say a release, what are you talking about? When you begin to communicate to God, sharing, pouring out your complaint, pouring out your trouble, pouring out whatever's on the burden on your heart, when you begin, that's a release. We need that. Have you ever just shared a burden with someone? And just because you shared it, they did nothing for you, but just because you were able to share it, you felt better about it. It was a release. I have in my notes here, psychologists think that this was their great discovery how to help people. But this is God's method of helping people. And the release is when we release it to God, when we release our burdens. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. But it's time for us, it's time for us, church, it's time for us to get real. It's time for us to just release these things. You say, 1 Peter 4, 7 tells us this. For the time has come that judgment, now get this, must begin at the house of God. If it first begin at us, 
What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? This is the pouring out. See, I believe in so many churches in America that preach the word of God, I believe so many churches are so afraid to come down here and say, I have an issue, I have a problem, I need God to help me. Would you pray for me? Would you help me with this issue? And they don't want anybody to know they have an issue. They don't want anybody to know. And God says, look, hey, you got to release this thing. you got to give it to me. What happens if you don't release it? What happens if you just continue on? And this is what I put. You put on. You put on. It's a covering. What do you begin to do if you don't share that you have an issue, you have a problem? You suppress it. To subdue, to keep it in, to retain it. When we suppress... We hold on to the pressures, the problems, and the distresses of life. This is a devastating effect on our body, soul, and spirit. We're covering the problem. Let me tell you something. If you uncover the problem, God will cover you with His love. And we need to be real. We need to be real with one another. You know what? I struggle. I struggle, just like you. You know what, preachers, when they get up, and that's what I praise God for our pastor, Pastor Lattell. He is what he is. He's transparent. He's real. He tells us he has struggles. I love that about a pastor because I don't want a pastor to get up there. I don't have any problems. I'm good. Everything's good. And you know what? And then three, three months later, you find out uh, that they're divorcing their wife and everything. Why? Because they try to cover it up. They suppressed it. God wants us to pour out. Be real with him. By the way, if we get real, and by the way, I found out when I got saved, now this is what transformed. When I got saved in our church, three other people got saved afterwards. wasn't because of Steve Ludwig, but God uncovered my sin. He covered me with his blood, and other people said, oh, I have that same issue. I want to get it dealt with. I want a victory in my life. Man, may we not be fake. May we be real. And that's what David was. He was real with God. I was reading, as I was going through commentaries, I was reading Spurgeon. And Spurgeon said this about David. He said, if David would have prayed as much in the palace as he did in the cave, he would not have went through all the issues that he had to deal with this family. You think about that. If he would have prayed as much in the palace as he did in the cave. You know what he did in the cave? Lord, I can't! Here it is. And he was being real. And he was naming the issues. Saul's after me. He's trying to kill me. He wants me dead. He was just being real. The Bible says this in Proverbs 28, 13. He that covers sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. God wants to give mercy. So not only do we see the, the place the cave, the prayer, the cry. And then we see the poured out, and that's the casting. And then we see the put on, that's the covering. And now I want you to see the path, the path. And we're going to look at the path, and we're going to look at the control. Verse number three. Verse number three. And it says, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, You you can see David is expressing himself. He was overwhelmed. Have you ever been overwhelmed? I'm going to be honest with you. Wednesday, 
I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. Brother, I, I was getting ready to go to the jail at Naples Jail. I had a stack of uh, lessons to be uh, returned to the inmates. It was that thick. And then I had a Bible study, and then I had inmates to deal with, and then I, I, was, I had the privilege of being able to preach. And then my wife called me, and uh, her phone just went crazy, and she was trying to go somewhere, and her GPS just decided that it didn't want it to do its job. And she's stressing out, like, I don't know where I'm going. So I'm trying to do all these different... I was overwhelmed. I was. I was overwhelmed. It's like, Lord, I can't do this. You know what? God wants us to do that. He wants us to just be honest, be real, pour it out, be, be sincere. But it goes on in that scripture that says, I was overwhelmed within me, then thou, I love this, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walk, they privily laid a snare for me. He's talking about Saul. Saul is trying to kill him, but God knew his path. In the scripture there, and I, you don't have to turn there, but in First uh, Samuel 23, verse uh, 26, it talks about how Saul and his men went this side of the mountain, and David and his went this way. He was saying, God, even when I'm going through the tough times, you're guiding me. You have me going exactly where you want me to go. David is overwhelmed by the burdens because of Saul. He's looking to God for direction in his life. We see, God, we see that God not only provided the protection from the hand of Saul, and that's where I shared with you in 1 Samuel 23, 26, how he protected him. Let me give you some scriptures with this. The path, the control. By the way, God wants to do the same thing for us. He's in control of your life anyway. Why don't we give him full control? We heard this in Sunday school, Brother Paul. In all our ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct our paths. Here's some scriptures. Psalms 27, verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Psalm 18, 36. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. Let me tell you something. God's in control. I, I was driving down 82. And any, you all know 82. Praise the Lord, they've redone the roads and they're much better now. But there was one day that I was driving down 82. And as I was going down 82, I was getting close to Alabama, the road Alabama. And I was going this way. And I seen this car was clear coming out, out of Alabama there. And I seen it, and it zipped right across the middle. And I thought, okay, it just zipped across the middle. It won't go any farther. It zipped straight on across. If I would not, God in His mercy, if I would not applied my brakes, He would have right in the side of me. You say, why do you say that? You prevent it. No, God allowed me to see that. And it made me realize, God, you could have snuffed me out of here just like that. But you have a purpose. You are directing my path. You know, many times we think we're in control and we got this thing called life, but it's better when we find out we do not have this thing of life. He does. Mankind likes to be in control of our lives. We want our own path. We like self-control. May God help us. 
Let's move on. Verse number four. Now we want to look at the people. We want to look at the people. It says, I looked on my right hand and beheld there was no man that would know me. Wow. David's at a place in his life, and, you, and you, many of you know what I'm talking about. When you start going through tough times, you find out who your friends are. You find out. There was a guy in, in, in Naples jail. This guy is a, he was or is a um, Navy SEAL. He was a sniper, and he was there, and he, some friends, he was out with some friends, and they ran out of alcohol. So they decided they'd get more, but instead of getting more and paying for it, they stole it. When they stole it, they took it, and when they saw the cap, cops, they gave it to this guy and took off. Now the sad thing is this, he took the rap for them. Are they really friends? Because if they're friends, who needs enemies, right? But you know what? David was at a place in his life. He was at a place in life. There was no man. Nobody was there for him. Not a person. By the way, I hope and pray that this doesn't happen in your and my life. But you know what? It is possible. And David's at a place that nobody was there for him. Refuge failed him. But I want you to see what David did. David realized and was driven to Jehovah, his God. He didn't look to a person. He looked to his personal Savior. He looked to God. Anything that leads us to crying to God is a blessing. When you're at your lowest times is when you are going to see who your true friends are. And by the way, in the rest of that verse... It says, no man knew me, refuge failed me, no man cared for my soul. But I I love what it continues to go on. It says, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge. Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of living. Boy, I'm so glad that we have a God that is faithful. I'm so glad that we have a God that cares about us, that goes through us through every circumstance of life. Listen to this. You know these scriptures, but I'm just remind us. Proverbs 18.24, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Then Hebrews 13.5 says, Let not your conversation be Without co- be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he said, I love this, I will never leave thee nor forsake you. Wow. He is a friend to the end. And David began to see this. He realized that he could count on him. Now, I'm going to, as we finish up, as we're coming in for a landing of this plane, I want you to see, lastly, in verses 5 or excuse me, six and seven, I want you to see the praise. I want you to see the praise, and then I also want you to see the communication. The praise and the communication. In verses six and seven, it says, Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. And here it is. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. 
The righteous shall compass me about, but thou shalt deal bountifully with me. And this word praise, and as I looked up this word praise, it just simply means this, to extol in words or song, to to magnify, to glorify. Well, you know what he was doing? When God delivered him from Saul, and Saul, after him trying to kill him, you know what? He didn't say, boy, wasn't I smart. Didn't I have great military strategy going to the cave? Didn't I do a great job? No. You know what he began to say? God, you did what I couldn't do, and I praise your name for who you are. I praise you for being my refuge. I pray you praise you for being a faithful friend, even in the dark and the Tough times of life. And he was praising God. He was praising God. Let me ask you this question, and as I answer, ask this to myself, when's the last time you just praise God for what He's done for you? And that needs to be communicated. You know, the bad thing with us husbands, and you wives can say amen to this, the bad thing with us husbands, we love our wives, but we just don't tell them enough. Amen? Amen? Come on, ladies, I'm trying to help you out here. You know, you know what you know what men said? Well, you know I love you, right? And that way they, well, you know I do. But you know what? They like to hear it. By the way, so do we. But so does God. Lord, by the way, you just don't love him because of the good things he does for you. You love him. Have you ever went through the dark caves of life? And after you got through them, you said, didn't like it. But I praise God for it because I sure did learn some valuable lessons that's going to help me love God more and serve Him better. And so as we learn this thing of prayer, God wants us to praise Him. It says in Psalm 44, 8, In God we boast all the day long and praise Thy name forever. Selah. Psalms 86, 12, I will praise Thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, I will glorify thy name forever. Revelation 4.11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. One of the things that we get to do in RU is we have a first talk, and we just kind of share in that first talk the things God's teaching us, but just the things God's getting victory, giving us victory over. You know what it is? It's not about us, what we've done. It's about what God's done in us. That's what it's about. And that's what God wants. And so David is praising God for his presence, his protection, his path, and his peace. So in closing here, and I am closing. I'm closing my Bible. What do you need to cry out to the Lord for? Maybe you need to be saved. Maybe you were like me. Maybe you were like me, and there was a day that, boy, you, were, you knew that you were going to go to hell. And you were, you were battling. You were scared. You had a fear of death. Maybe you need to come forward and let someone pray with you and, and cast and cry out, pour it out to God. Be honest with Him. Admit to God that you're putting on. You're not fine. Man, help us to be real. Are you out of God's path for your life? Do you seek His protection in your life? Maybe you feel like you're deserted by people. Come to the friend that is closer than a brother and will not forsake you. 
and then communicate his goodness and share his praise with others. And here's the key. Make God look good through his spirit in you. Let's have your heads bowed and eyes closed. Ask Brother Jim to come as we get ready to have invitation. I don't know what your needs are today, but I'm so thankful that I have a God who does know what your needs are. And he not only knows what your needs, but he knows how to supply exactly what you need. Maybe you're here today and you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You say, how do I do that? It's simply call upon the name of the Lord. When you call upon him saying, Lord, I can't, you're, you're recognizing that he can. And you believe that he died upon that cross. Not only did he die upon that cross, but he rose again on the third day. That's what makes Jesus different than all the other gods of this world. And you believe that he was raised that third day. And when you call upon him, and it says, with a mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And it says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, I love this, shall be saved. Maybe you're here, you need to be saved. Maybe you're a Christian, and you're in a cave right now. You're all by yourself. It's solitary. Maybe you just need to pour out your heart to God. Maybe... And I don't know the circumstances, but whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to you, please obey. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you for the privilege. Bless your word. Do what I can. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida, also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.